there they go, the Jerry Cans, uh, singing uh, in Inuktitut. Uh, they're an Inuit group, and uh, once you get into them, you'll really learn to like them. Uh, it's John Amundsen. I want to welcome you to the next podcast in our series of podcasts presented for you by the Psychologist Association of Alberta. The purpose of the podcast is to present information that's timely, topical, and even controversial to the membership. I want to go through a kind of a tapas today, some stuff from here and there and yonder, different journals, and some uh, 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 short snippets of just interesting research. Uh, some that we shrug our shoulders and go, yeah, it makes sense because we'd already believed that. Others that, uh, other things that are not so easily believed and there's a, the thinks that only a psychologist can believe. So um, give me a second here and um, we will uh, uh, bring these guys back on and then we'll uh, get on with the podcast. All right, there we are. Uh, Jerry Cans out and gone. All right, so the, the first article is one that was in the journal Experimental Psychology General, and it's one that I think would, would make sense to us. But what they found was that um, uh, middle and upper class students are more likely to engage in classroom discussions and are equally capable students from working class families. Um, what they did is they observed uh, this process uh, in, in four separate uh, classrooms, about 100 students involved, and they looked at the frequency and duration of the children speaking and, and what they spoke of and on and on. And then they uh, looked, you know, looked at socioeconomic status. And they found that the kids from lower social economics spoke less frequently and for less time compared with the others. And uh, it, it was, uh, they ruled out oral proficiency as a compounding variable. <clears throat> and, and they said that, uh, you know, that uh, this is an, indic an indicative of those indirect benefits that come with uh, coming from a higher socioeconomic status. Uh, uh, anecdotally, you know, I grew up and my, my, even my, my dad was a managerial guy. He quit school in the eighth grade. So we were not an intellectually driven sort of a family. And I was always very impressed by the kids I hung around with uh, where there were uh, uh, doctors, lawyers, and uh, commanders of industry, and the books and the things they had in their home. And when parents actually spoke to me and spoke to me and sp asked uh, things about my life, and 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 I thought, geez, they, they really take me serious. Our family was uh, quite different from that. So I understand this, even though I seem to have overcome that uh, through my neurodiversity uh, and attentional problems. In a number of these podcasts, I've spoken about uh, social media. As a matter of fact, one of the ones that got the most hits was the APA's guidelines on social media. So um, a recent uh, study in technology, mind, and behavior <clears throat> did find that limiting social media benefits mental health. And they just you know, set it up so that people were, uh, these were... Um, students, uh, recruited students, I'm assuming probably university level, and they limited social media uh, and they found there were positive effects, lower levels of anxiety, depression, loneliness, 
and even the fear of missing out was overcome. Uh, many of us who become compelled by social media, where they're looking all the time, uh, uh, even if we're not looking at interpersonal uh, 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 communications, you know, texting and things, we're still looking all the time because we don't want to be left out of something that's exciting and newsworthy. One of the journals that I review uh, when it pops up, I go right to it, is the journal Emotion, APA Journal Emotion. And uh, in a recent podcast, we did the, um, the Panis stuff, the uh, Arthur Brooks. I think it's the last one, but uh, I don't know when this one will be posted, but one of the most recent ones. And we talked about the differing levels of emotion that people feel, uh, high positive, high negative, uh, 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 you know, and the different, the, the four different ways we can have that high, low, and etc. But go listen to the Panis one, uh, the positive, uh, 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 positive and negative uh, 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 assessment scale. Uh, and what they found in this study was that that people with more intense emotional reactions, even negative ones, are linked to happiness and better mental health. So the, the Panis thing, even though uh, Brooks has argued that most people want to have the cheerleader approach, high positive, low negative, uh, it, 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 uh, it doesn't pan out in this study. They say that high intense emotion, both positive and negative. So if you're a person who says, oh, oh that's so cool, I want to learn more about that, get excited about it, and then as you stand up, you hit your head, um, on the ceiling and you start swearing and have strong negative emotion that there's better mental health and better happiness and the idea is that intense reactions motivate behaviors that lead to better response to to any kind of negative events, future negative events. In other words, you're comfortable with the emotions that be associated with a negative event as opposed to being more adverse to feeling or, or suffering that. Under the rubric of, oh my God, poor things, uh, 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 there was a mouse study that was published in Nature, and they found that psychedelic drugs reopen critical periods in the brain. That is periods when animals learn to associate socialization with positive feelings. And, and what they found was um, that, 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 that mice were differentiating to be alone or to be with others. And they found when they gave them uh, psychedelic drugs, uh, they were more open to being with others. And uh, the critical period varied from two days up to three or four weeks. And um, they gave them ketamine, psilocybin, LSD, ibogaine. They gave them all this stuff. And their outcome, uh, you know, show, showed greater openness to socializing experience and openness to experience in general. And they found that the, the time frame for mice roughly parallels the time frame that people report relative to the acute effects of psychedelic drugs. So yeah, poor mice. Well, happy mice. Who knows? Many, many times I've showcased this sense that I'm kind of proud of being neurodiverse, though more and more people are saying, ADHD, I have ADHD, I have ADHD. I, uh, as I've said in other podcasts, I was diagnosed in, in grade three, and uh, in those days it was minimal brain dysfunction, then it became hyperactivity and on and on. So I kind of feel I have a better claim, a little bit better claim to this. Ah, but... 
The upside of this is that they have found, and this was in the Public Library of Science 1, it's on, uh, published on the, on the net, uh, they found that people with ADHD are more likely to participate in politics. In other words, we're more called to an active engagement in politics uh, in, in, uh, uh, in terms of uh, consumption of news and, and, and action and voting and all of those kinds of things. Uh, sorry, so for good or for bad, uh, meaning maybe being less tolerant of the differing opinions of others and um, passive news consumption, you know, like just sucking things in, um, uh, ADHD folks uh, tend to be uh, more inclined. Um, in Alberta recently, the uh, policy of Alberta Health and the government has been uh, treatment, not prevention or maintenance. In other words, let's not meet the patient, the opioid abuser, uh, where they're at, let's have them meet us where we want them to be. And of course, many of us are rolling our eyes and going, this is just not, not, a, very, not, a, not a very good approach. Um, in the um, Journal of Substance Use and Addiction Treatment, guess what? I'll just read the, the, the basic conclusions. Increasing access to prescription opiate maintenance drugs to treat dependents will reduce, may reduce, sorry, opioid over, overdose deaths in the United States. And they were looking at U.S. metropolitan areas from 2016 to 21, and they found that uh, where they were providing, and the, the term they use is PDMP, uh, uh, prescription opiate maintenance drugs, in other words, you know, saying, no, no, here, we'll, we'll, we'll provide these, this medicine for you, um, that overdose deaths went down. So we would say that the policy in Alberta is, uh, well, if they're not going to do what we want them to do, then they'll probably die. And that's I mean, this is terrible. I, mean, I don't want to say that's okay because it implies some psychologist says that the government wants people to die. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that'll be the likely outcome. As some of you who follow the podcast have heard me say that one of the Amazon's beliefs is that placebos with main effects are, are more likely to produce positive outcomes and placebos without a main effect. I'm not going to go in and re-speak that piece again as one of my greatest hits, but kind of sort it out and think about what, I, what, what that might mean. Um, but in service to understanding placebos, there was um, some research that was done in Canada. And what they did was they provided a painful shock um, <clears throat> uh, uh, to the subjects and... <clears throat> Then they were told, um, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I, I'm going I'm to uh, amend this one. I said a shock. They, they, didn't, they didn't make clear what that was. It was painful stimulation. And, and then they said, we're going to give some pain relief with a medical device that was actually a placebo. But they told some of the participants that it was personalized to um, their genetic makeup and physiology, while others told it was just a standard non-personalized. Participants who thought the placebo had been personalized to them um, uh, got better relief and reported um, uh, a more pronounced effect. Uh, and, uh, and um, you know, this shows that that idea of individuality and a desire to be seen as distinct and, and unique uh, uh, is uh, a potentiating factor in any placebo response. So we can think about that in psychotherapy because there is an argument that some many aspects of psychotherapy um, are sort of uh, placebo. When we give the patient something to believe in, 
and it kind of fits and, and sorts through some of their personal experiences, uh, they're more likely to improve than if it's just a more gen general, um, well, lots of people think these things, blah, 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 and you're probably like lots of people. A final article that was in Nature Human Behavior, um, I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit. Uh, recently, uh, high demand has been placed upon us for self-care. You must self-care. And I wrote an article in, in Symposium, go back and read it, which is, uh, once self-care becomes another should, must, ought, got to, have to, command coming down from our regulatory bodies, um, any, any of that uh, uh, exercise in self-care will not be self-care. Uh, it's the, the, the kind of a paradoxical and ironic sense. You must take better care of yourselves. And um, uh, so anyway, in keeping with that uh, comment, Amundsen's wry and somewhat ironic and cynical comment, this article in Nature Human Behavior um, uh, looked at happiness hacks. See the idea, and, and APA published this stuff on self-care, and they listed all these things that are happiness hacks. You do these things, you'll feel better, you'll feel happier, more content, less stressed. Well, they looked at about 500 studies, and they looked at the studies, and these studies are absolutely parallel to what APA listed in, in, in their self-care directive. And it said, uh, grat practice gratitude, increase sociability, exercise, mindfulness or meditation, spending time in nature. Anyway, they went through, and the researchers uh, dismissed almost all the articles except for 57 that met this uh, good science sort of criteria. But even among these 57 robust, they found little solid evidence that exercise, meditated, spending time in nature increased happiness, though they saw some support for the gratitude and social interactions. So um, again, you know, uh, this idea that these are, there, there are hacks to happiness. In my article, I said, um, just find joy. Whatever brings you joy. And I quoted Slavo Žižek, the uh, Slovenian philosopher, when he said, in my country, some people ride up at the top of a hill and then slide down on skis. And he says, why? I don't get it. Why not just sit at the bottom and read a good book? He was saying, my self-care involves reading and, and the joy that that brings. All right, so um, we'll, we'll stop and we'll try to play some sort of a happiness song. Woo! A grand expression of happiness Boy, you couldn't be With a dozen roses Mr. West, Mr. West. Such would astound you The joy of children laughing around you Fathers here the street authors that are now A and R's in the cheap office. Rappers that never get signed, but they keep offers. Girls is way too fine for us to keep offers. Give her a handshake only for my man's sake. She in a birthday suit cause of the damn cake.
So much as a kid, they surprised I don't need a pop. Taking sips of pop, six pack of milling nips, pink champagne, Valentine L. Valley's on my feet, help me balance out well. That and the shit I used to balance on the scale. I got it honest from the parties from mama's Virgin Mary's try to judge her. I'm like, where the Madonna's now? Give all glory to Gloria. They said you raised that boy too fast, but you was raising the warrior. We victorious, they'll never take the joy from us. Uh. Keep your hands up, keep under, don't let them take you higher. Keep your hands up, keep under, don't let them take you higher. Keep your hands up, keep under, don't let them take you higher. Keep your hands up, keep under. Thank you. 